0: Episode 30. How to know when it's time to quit and when it's time to commit. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live. Life Amplified. I'd like to start out each episode with some sort of inspirational quote from a historical figure, whether it be a world leader, a religious or spiritual thought leader, maybe a great poet or sage. And I had a hard time finding one that really encapsulates the message of this episode because we're going to talk about quitting. And when you look for quotes about quitting online, what you find are a lot of these things that look great on Instagram memes. You know what I'm talking about, where you see those cards of somebody Standing out overlooking a cliff And it says these things like Winners never quit and quitters never win And the cliche quotes that say The difference between winning and losing Is never quitting And you'll be surprised to hear me say this If you've been with the podcast for a while But this is not a rah-rah motivational podcast About the power of perseverance And don't get me wrong I think that there are times when you have got to push Through your greatest fears and push beyond Wanting to give up to get the prize that you seek But there are other times in your life where you have got to quit in order to get ahead. I want to help you understand that difference today and consider this maybe a deeper dive into something we touched very lightly on in last week's Q&A episode. Cheryl uh, shared a question with us that she's been working for the supervisor position and it hasn't happened. It hasn't come to fruition yet. She's been passed over for every job she's applied for. And she said, how do I know when it's time just to give up on the dream and maybe understand that the universe is directing me to something better? And this conversation, concept keeps coming up in my life in the weeks since we've last spoken. I've had this conversation with other friends. I've had it with new clients who have reached out to me. So I really want to do a deep dive and give you a better context to reframe the discussion on quitting. And perhaps the best way I can do this is to start out by sharing something that happened to me literally one year ago. Because at the end of May of 2017, despite working for 18 months to build my business and build my coaching practice, you know, I'd taken these little baby steps forward incrementally each month, and then my business went off a cliff last May. In fact, for the entire month, I earned $800 in revenue as a coach, which wasn't even enough to pay for my half of the rent on the condo I was sharing with my girlfriend at the time. And it certainly wasn't enough to pay for health insurance, pay for other bills, my car payment, etc. And by this point, I had exhausted most of my liquid savings that I had in the bank, and I had already tapped in to my rainy day emergency fund. So to have a month where only $800 came in really shook my confidence and made me question whether this was the path I should continue down. I was scared and I was embarrassed because I had gone all in. I had been very vocal to the people in my life that I refused to go back to corporate America. Even in the short term, while I made coaching a side hustle, I said, I am going all in on this dream and I will make it work. And everybody in my life kept checking in. So how's it going with your business, Dan? Well, it's awful slow. You sure you made the right decision? So it was embarrassing to not have the results to share with the people that I loved. And I felt really stuck. Because quite honestly, at this point, I just didn't see the path forward. I wasn't seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Here's how lame and how scarce things had gotten for me. You know, when I lived with my ex-girlfriend, we would take turns buying groceries each week. You know, we would just alternate. And I was so paranoid about money at this point. God, it, this is embarrassing to share with you. And if she ever listens to this podcast, I guess I should just apologize for this at the same time. But I was so worried, you know, because our average grocery bill each week was somewhere between 160 and $200. And we were on the pricier side because we were trying to eat healthy and get organic produce and, you know, be mindful of what we were putting into our body. But I would go to the grocery store on my weeks. And if I knew that we were running low on the Tide Pods for detergent, or if I knew that we were starting to get low on the dish soap, I would purposely avoid buying that and push that off on her for the following week just because I was so scared about money and I kept having to transfer you know, money over to pay for the groceries, but there was no income coming in. And it made me feel like garbage because as a man, you wanna feel like you can step up and take care of your partner financially. Certainly when I was in corporate, I was able to finance nice vacations for us to go on and do all these nice events and, and, and be able to maintain a really nice quality of life. And it had gotten to the point by last, May where you know my ex wanted to go take another vacation together you know she's like well I'd really like to go away and spend five days in Chicago for my birthday and we can do this this and this and I was looking at my bank account going I can't make this happen and it was really scary for me to be like honey you're gonna have to do that with a girlfriend I can't pay for my half of the trip and it just made me feel like I was a shitty boyfriend it made me feel like less of a man that she was the breadwinner and I'm struggling to get by each month and I hit a wall you know I've hit a couple rock bottoms in my life you know personally after my divorce but as an entrepreneur and a businessman this was really the crossroads for me And I called a colleague of mine, a dear friend, and he's also been a mentor to me at other points in my life. And he was a coach as well. And I told him, I said, you know what? I was like, I think I'm bullshitting myself. It's been a great year and a half run. I know that I've delivered huge transformation to the people who have invested with me. I know I've made a real impact in some people's lives, but I don't see how this is sustainable. I think I should start looking for a corporate job again. And he asked me a question that was so brilliant, and I'm so grateful to him for this. He said, how would it feel for you to quit? He said, if you went back to corporate and you had the steady income, would that feel like a relief? Would it feel like an expansion for you? Or do you feel like it would be almost a contraction? Do you feel like you would be caving in on yourself? and I didn't even have to think about it. Just intuitively in my soul, I knew that if I gave up on my dream, that if I didn't push through and find a way to make my business work, it would absolutely feel like I was collapsing. The only thing worse than like pinching pennies on the Tide Pods in the grocery store would be to be back in a shirt and tie and having to go into these meetings where I felt like a paid liar in corporate, working for a company that I didn't believe in, having to change who I was to appease some company's vision of what they thought a manager should be. And in that moment, I knew that coaching was still my life's work. And I knew what I really had to do if I wanted to up-level my business was start valuing myself more. At that point, I was still way undercharging for my services compared to the transformation I was helping to deliver to clients. I knew that I wasn't showing up and being seen. I had been putting off starting this podcast the entire year up until that point. I wasn't really doing the Facebook Live videos because there was a little part of me that that was afraid people would judge me, that they would remember the old me when I was in my 20s and early 30s, that they would call me out for all the awful decisions I made earlier in my life and be like, you're a fraud, who are you to tell people how to up level your life? And up until then, it had kept me stuck, but I made a decision in that moment that literally I would take whatever meager amount of money I had left and I was going all in at the poker table on my purpose, on my dream, on my mission to serve other people. And what's interesting is the biggest breakthroughs are always just on the other side of giving up. I went from making $800 in May of 2017 to June being my biggest income month up until that point. In July, I exceeded that number by another 25%. And then in August, I had actually doubled up on what I made in July. And at that point was out earning what I did in my old corporate job. And things have continued to grow. Now, you know, there's some months I can make two to three times what I made in that month of August. But none of that would be possible in my life today if I had given up. This podcast would not be a thing right now. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. We wouldn't be connected every week if I had given up. There are so many clients whose lives have changed and they might still be stuck if I had given up. So one of the questions that you have to ask yourself, if you're on the fence, if you were standing there at the ledge and you're wondering, should you walk away from your life's dream? You have to ask yourself, are you giving up because it's hard? Are you giving up because it's wrong and there's a difference? Giving up because it's hard means you don't want to grow into the kind of person who's worthy of getting the prize that you seek. I could coach people with my eyes closed. I knew I could deliver results. Where I was lacking when my business was struggling was as a businessman. I wasn't owning my value. I wasn't charging enough. I wasn't doing enough to market myself. I didn't really know how to even explain to people what it was I did with clients and it held me back. So for me to get to the next level financially, for me to get to the next level emotionally, I had to up level with new skills and strategies that would be aligned with that vision that I had for my life. Any huge life transformation, if you are really setting challenging goals for your life that are aligned with your purpose, I can tell you right now that they will always require risk, trust, and faith. And it's easy to have faith when everything in your life is awesome. It's a lot harder when you feel the weight on your shoulders when you're not getting the answers that you want and that's the time where you've really got to persevere and figure out what is it that you believe in do you believe that you're supported by a higher power or God or the universe you know some bigger force that created you to live your purpose in this lifetime and if you don't have that belief can you at least believe in yourself that you have always found a way by hook or by crook you have found a way to get through you have always found a way to survive you have found a way way to win in the past and that you can do it again. Success is not determined by how you're doing when things in your life are awesome. Success is determined by how you're doing when you're overcome with uncertainty, when you don't see the next few steps in front of you. Perseverance is a key to short-term success. If you can just go another step beyond wanting to quit, the prize that you seek is waiting for you. All that being said, now you're gonna be surprised to hear me say this, if you're looking for a key to long-term success, if you really just analyze and study some of the world's highest performers and achievers, quitting is a key to their success because they know when to walk away from something that is no longer serving them. Oprah Winfrey is a tremendous example. Here's a woman that was really the queen of daytime television for almost three decades. One of the most successful TV shows ever. Raving fans, giving away cars to everybody in the audience. You got a car, you got a car, you got a car, you got a car. Tremendous ratings, tremendous impact in the world. And she left that show at the top of her game. She quit. Who does that? Who walks away from the biggest daytime TV show on the planet? And she did it because she felt called to serve at a higher level. She wanted to create her own network where she could inspire people 24 seven where she could talk about some of the topics that might have been too deep or too spiritual or too woo-woo for daytime television. So she gave up being a known commodity where people could just find her easily on their local network TV to become one of 700 channels on people's cable system, and they didn't even know how to find her. The Oprah Winfrey Network was a disaster at launch. People were predicting doom. It wasn't supposed to survive. There were no ratings. Her audience didn't really follow her, not because they didn't love Oprah, but they couldn't find her on their cable box and yet somehow she still did this. She assumed that risk and still walked away and quit. She knew that that risk was ahead of her and somehow she still quit the daytime TV show. Ariana Huffington, another enormously successful female in the business world. She has a great quote. She says, sometimes the best way to finish a project is to quit. Because when you walk away from something that's no longer working, when you walk away from something that's no longer serving you, Ariana Huffington sold her website, her namesake. She sold it to AOL, took her money, and eventually just headed out the door. She started a new project called Thrive Global. You know, you probably hear her podcast here on the iHeartRadio app. But it's much more focused in the wellness space. And less on politics It's really helping people learn strategies to improve their life She didn't quit the HuffPost because it became too hard She quit it because it felt wrong That she wanted to get to that next level in her life And just as much courage as it takes to persevere and push through toward a goal It takes just as much courage to say the thing that I've worked on for so many years Is no longer the best plan for me And I'm going to walk away from that But here is the magic in making that decision is that you let the universe create some whiteboard space for something new to come into your life. It's so hard when you are going every day to a job that you are bored and miserable in, when you are stuck in a career that no longer serves you. You can't even create the mental bandwidth to daydream, to imagine what your next phase looks like. It's sort of like going to a concert where everybody's trying to upload Instagram photos at the same time, and all the bandwidth in the arena is swallowed up, so you're sitting there and you're watching and that little blue bar ticks and ticks and ticks, but your photo never uploads. There's just not enough bandwidth for it to happen. Think of it as almost like a mental feng shui. Quitting things that are wrong for you is creating more space, more energy for new things to be born into your life, more creativity. New ideas new inspiration, sometimes new relationships. You got to leave a relationship that's no longer serving you in order to find that true soulmate love. And some of you might be triggered right now hearing me say this. They're like, oh my God, is he telling me to leave my marriage? I don't know. We haven't talked one-on-one. I don't know what your situation is, but I'm sure as you listen to this podcast that there is an internal guidance within you that is telling you something it's time to let go of. You got to quit what no longer serves you. And the best way to do that is to become crystal clear on what makes you bored and miserable and also what sets your soul on fire. What fills you up and just lights you up at a spiritual level? What is that thing that you would do if you weren't even paid to do it because you love it so much? A lot of people know the first part of the answer to that. They know what's no longer working for them but they don't know what's next. And it's because you're expending so much energy focused on the things that suck in your life, you're not creating that space to be inspired. A lot of people quit the things that are no longer serving them, but then they never allow themselves to experiment and play to see what sets their soul on fire. When I worked with my first life coach, I knew that I wanted to get out of my old corporate media job. I had no idea at the time that I would ever become a life coach. In fact, at the time, I knew that I loved theater, that that was something I was really passionate about, and I knew that I loved writing. My first idea was that I was going to become a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. And on my laptop, I still have two partially written scripts for Broadway plays. And they both suck, by the way. They were terrible. And I don't even mean that is like false modesty where I'm selling myself short. Like I go back and read it. I'm like, this is garbage. But allowing myself to even experiment with writing that helped me get clear that that wasn't my path in life. And then the next iteration of what I thought I would do would be you know, sort of like a creative coach to help people who were having writer's block or creatively stuck. And while I was still working in corporate America, I went on the website meetup.com and I started facilitating these free meetings where people would come who were also in soul-sucking careers. It would be like a sales guy who loved to make acrylic art pieces and they were beautiful, but he never really took them to market because he had this story running that he wasn't a professional artist. And as I was able to work With him and coach him, he started putting his work out into the world and got them displayed at like little coffee shops and installations around St. Petersburg, Florida. People started getting real results. And then these people started asking if they could pay me to coach them. And what I realized was is the things that keep people creatively stuck are the same things that keep you stuck in any area of your life. We all have these same sort of sabotage patterns that we use to protect ourselves. And the more I got into that work, the third iteration became the day when I went, I think I'm actually alive. Life coach. And so my business was born. Had a lot of haters in my life at that point are like, life coach? Dan, that's not even a real job. People are like, are you sure you can coach people through problems? I was like, I don't know. Seemed like I could. I'd been doing it my whole life. I was always the Dr. Phil of my friends growing up. They're like, well, what if you can't do it? I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Don't you need to learn how to start a website and create a website? Do you know how to do that? I was like, nope, sure don't. Have you ever done motivational speaking before, Dan? Well, I've done speaking engagements, but Nope, never done motivational speaking. How do you know if you can do it? I don't know. If you talk to the people who were the highest performers, they just had a sense of knowing that there was a gut feeling that this was the direction that they should take their life. And sure enough, As I started to pick up more clients, I saw people changing massive life transformations in as little as like three sessions. And that gave me the confidence to continue to move forward. But it all started out, remember, with me writing a completely shitty Broadway play. (laughs) So you gotta have that time to experiment, just to try things, and allow yourself to fail at them if need be. Because eventually, this idea of living your purpose, it's just a discovery process. It's trial and error. And I wanna be very clear with you. The high performers that I know and I've met, when they're in a situation that they're not sure if it's serving them, they do everything they can to make it work. It's not like they take the decision to quit lightly. In my old corporate career, I did everything I could to try to make it work. You know, I was working for a company called Intercom in California in 2012, and I love that company. It's the best company I ever worked for, and they wanted me to stay, and I tried to carve out a different position for myself that would feel like more of a challenge, but it's not really something that they had in their organization at that point. So I left. I tried to find another job at a different company, and I went to work for this major broadcast company out of Boston. and it didn't really work for me. The, the bigger company felt more political and everything got caught up in red tape and lawyers. So I said, I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna go to a smaller boutique company and maybe I could be a bigger fish in a small pond. And I realized that that came with its own challenges, that they were really stagnant. It wasn't an innovative culture. They weren't open to change. So after I had tried all these different things, I said to myself, I need to change. It's no longer about the career. There's something within myself I need to change. And that's ultimately how I came to this decision to walk away from my corporate job and start the business that I talk to you so passionately that I'm so excited about right now. So the first thing to consider when you're ready to quit is what makes you bored and what lights your soul on fire? And the second thing that you want to consider is what am I leaving behind for the world? What do I want my legacy to be? The job that you're in right now, do you feel like that is your greatest contribution to the world? Do you feel like it represents the highest vision for your life? If so, maybe there's a way you can make that work, but if not, if you know that there's something more for you, you've got to spend more time on that thing that you want to leave behind, your legacy, the thing that you want your kids to remember you for, the impact that you want to leave in your community. So often we spend 90% of our time at the job we hate and we only spend 10% of our time working on the thing that we love. You've got to get to that point where you're spending 60% of your time doing the things that really light you up. Gary Vee talks about this often. He, He tells people, you know, get a job where you get paid for 40 hours a week, but you're only really having to work 30. And then you can use 10 hours a week in the office just to work on your side hustle. And then go home and bust your ass at night to bring it to life. If you're working in a company where you can get away with that, have at it. Do it, make it happen. And then the third thing I want you to consider if it's time to quit something that no longer serves you is I've gotta let go of those in my life who aren't ready. It's a tough one. This happens in companies and organizations as companies begin to grow and scale. You might have some employees who've been good soldiers up until that point, but they don't have the skills to help the company scale to the next level. So you have to make a change in the employees. It's a very tough thing for people to do when emotions get in the way. And sometimes when you wanna get to the next level emotionally and live a bigger vision for your life, a lot of your old tribe will try to pull you back and tell you why you can't do it. Not because they don't believe in you, but you aiming higher in your life becomes a trigger for them because it reflects to them the ways they aren't aiming higher, that they've been content to settle where they're at. So a big part of this transition is being able to let go not just of a job, but sometimes the people who don't support this next big vision for your life. That could be a spouse, it could be a significant other, sometimes it could be family members. It's one of the hardest parts when people talk about that dark night of the soul you know if you've ever heard somebody tell that story where they're they're at their rock bottom you know i think the reason we call it that is it feels like darkness because you're walking away from a vision for your life that you know really isn't aligned with who you are you're giving up an identity that was never really yours to begin with for me it was sort of like the corporate schmuck the corporate yes man that was never really who i was but it's who i had become in order to survive meanwhile i knew there was this other part of me that wanted to emerge and Come forward, who wanted to inspire, who wanted to make a difference, who wanted to help people. But I hadn't fully become that yet. So I'm giving up one identity, but I haven't stepped into the next. So for many people in that space, it's like, well, then who the hell am I? That's where that dark night of the soul comes from. But as you let go of those old relationships, people who are not on your level, people who are not vibrating at your frequency, that space is created for you to meet the right people who are going to elevate you. Those relationships that will be rocket fuel to put. you to the next level in your life. Those are my three steps on knowing when it's time to quit. Be crystal clear on what makes you bored and what lights your soul on fire. Number two, think about your legacy. What is it you want to leave behind? And number three, you got to let go of the people who aren't walking your path. It's hard, my friends. All these concepts, very simple, but they're not easy to practice. It's going to require you to deal with the unknown. But I will tell you this. I have learned this to be true in my life. It is better to face the unknown than continue to deal with the known that makes you miserable every day. Bored, unfulfilled people who are just going through the motions, they're not thriving in life they're not giving their all to their family, to their friends at work, they're bored. And this doesn't mean that you have to be irresponsible. You know, I certainly would not advocate walking away from your job means that there's nothing in reserve and you can't put food on the table next week, then you gotta get resourceful and you gotta find another way. So I don't want you to be irresponsible when it comes to meeting your needs. But I do want you to stop engaging and spending all your time being productive toward the wrong things. Focus on what makes you come alive. Double down on that. Commit on that plan and just give your minimum for right now to the things that aren't aligned with that. Stop wasting your productivity on the wrong things. Focus your energy on what makes you come alive. You'll be happier, your family will be happier, they're gonna get the best version of you, they're gonna get the most present, lit up version of you, and ultimately, your contribution to the world will represent the best of you. I hope this message serves you. And if you need any additional support or resources to really help you get clear on what your next right move is, I've got so many ways that we can work together. You can go to creativesoulcoaching.net. There's still time for you to apply for my group coaching program that kicks off on June 30th. That is a transformational program. So many people who did this last time. They left at the end of the 12 weeks forever changed. I would love to add you onto that list of success stories. I would love to see you step into the highest version of yourself and live the highest vision for your life creativesoulcoaching.net just click on the work with me button you can schedule a complimentary discovery call we can talk about where you're feeling stuck and how we can accelerate your results also for my friends in the New York area I got a speaking engagement coming up Sunday July 29th at City Cellar in Westbury in Long Island so be sure to come check that out there is going to be lunch at just one of the most upscale restaurants in that area and I'll be there talking about purpose how you can find yours and we'll be doing a QA. and a I'm gonna leave some info on that for you in the show notes so you can get your tickets. I would love to meet you in person and shake your hand. And thank you for just being here, being part of this community and listening to this podcast and making it part of your week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.